On today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand, I got a chance to chat with Oliver Bristow from Pets Purist. What an awesome conversation. Oliver and I talked about the transition from Amazon over to Shopify while still maintaining an amazing brand on Amazon. Oliver had some really good nuggets. You guys are not going to want to miss this episode today. Hey guys, before we begin, I want to talk to you about how to grow your e-commerce brand in a post iOS 14.5 world. If you're doing over seven figures in D to C, you need to hear this. Back when Facebook ads were absolutely crushing it and driving massive amounts of revenue, setting up basic flows and sending out occasional email campaigns used to cut it. SMS marketing included. You'd see it constantly and so would we when we were looking at accounts at Mindful Marketing. Brands earning 20 to 45% of their total revenue with email marketing with maybe three to four hours of work a month. And that's because they just set up some basic flows and then silence. But now that the Facebook algorithm has stopped spitting out such ridiculous returns, where do we go? Retention. But it requires marketers to go deeper than simple templated flows and copy and pasted campaigns, which we've seen all the time. It requires actually having a system that increases the LTV of your customers and then actually realizing that entire customer lifetime value in a shorter period of time. And hopefully even seeing a higher LTV. We're saddened to see brands do all the same things with their emails and SMS, and we're sick of auditing agency accounts who simply set up welcome flows and show off how many sales they make. Anyone can set up a welcome flow, abandoned cart flow, etc. That is the simple stuff, guys. The real key in retention marketing is digging deep into your market, copy, offer, your creative, and then pairing that with a strategy that turns one-time buyers into two-time buyers, into three-time buyers, and on and on, just like we've seen at our brands. So if you want to find out exactly how deep our retention marketing strategy goes, book a quick wins call with our team and we will show you exactly how we drive more repeat sales for our clients and hopefully how you can too. Go to mindfulmarketing.co slash quick wins. That's mindfulmarketing.co slash quick wins, all one word. Now on to today's episode. Hey guys, Jordan West back with another episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand. I am super excited to have a conversation we haven't had in a while, or I mean, I'm trying to kind of go back through the the previous 300 and something episodes and, and think if we've actually talked about this specific topic before, but really, really excited to talk about the move for brands. And we've had this happen a lot at Upgrowth Commerce at our agency. The move people are trying to make from uh, being an Amazon seller with a brand over to a Shopify store and over to to really having a real brand-owned asset. So uh, really, really excited about this conversation today. I think you guys are going to um, love this one. So without further ado, Oliver Bristow from Pets Purist. Oliver, welcome to Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand. Hi, Jordan. Yeah, uh, thank you very much for having me on. Look forward to having a chat about it. Absolutely. So for people who know nothing about you, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah, so I'm the owner of um, a brand called Pets Purist. We're mainly based in the UK. And as you kind of alluded to there, we're, we're, we're an Amazon brand, essentially. I've kind of done it the Amazon way for the last five years, me and my laptop from a spare bedroom, you know, and then kind of in the last few months, we've, we've looked to really shift the focus onto our direct consumer website. So yeah, we, um, we sell 100% natural pet care premium ingredients and, and things that work basically. So giving people a different option than the expensive and not necessarily good for your pets products that, that are out there in the market. 
Awesome. Can you give us a, a little indication of the size of, of the operation that you're running right now? What sort of like just general sales figures are you guys doing? Just so people understand, yes, this is a one-man show, but... <laughs> yeah, so uh, our year end was October last year, and we did I think it was just over £6 million revenue, excluding VAT. So, you know, close to $10 million revenue, I guess, um, over awesome. the last five years, yeah. Awesome. That's great. I, I got a question for you, Oliver. So so you're doing, let, let's just call it 10 mil since, you know, this is mostly Americans and Canadians that are listening yeah. to this podcast. Why do you want to build up the direct consumer Shopify side of things and push people to your website? What's the reasoning when you're doing well on Amazon? I guess it's that kind of, so we've been approached by, you know, the Amazon aggregators who, you know, look to buy Amazon businesses. And when, when I kind of made the decision that I didn't want to go down that route because I saw too much potential in the brand, you kind of look at, well, you know, where are we going with this? And essentially you want to look at how do you make your company the most valuable? So for us, if we can get our revenue to kind of be 50% or more D2C, you know, our multiple goes up. And with that, we're not just an Amazon brand. We, we want to make yeah. it, you know, a kind of UK, European and potentially worldwide brand. And that's not something you can do solely on Amazon. So that's that's the reason for the big focus. Yeah, that totally, totally makes sense. I think that brands, you can go the other way. And we talked about this actually before when you yeah. and I were, were just chatting on the phone. You can go the other way. And I think that way is a lot easier to go from brand over to now brand on Amazon. And if you're working with the right partner, right, who actually knows what they're doing. Yeah. But it is, it definitely is a bigger slog moving from the Amazon side over to uh, Shopify. Before we talk about that, I want to just get into a few things. You know, you've you've built your business to a substantial size, you know, it, basically eight figures US. What has worked on Amazon? And describe your product a little bit to me, just so our audience gets an idea of that. So yeah, so we're, we're looking at the kind of natural and premium pet care space. So whether that's supplements, treats, but, you know, kind of looking at what's out there on the market and offering something that's 100% natural and, and doesn't contain any of the nasty chemicals that you find in a lot of the products like over here in the UK. Yeah. You know, the big ph pharmaceuticals you get from the vets, they tend to have a long list of chemicals in them. So I guess it's like a natural trusted alternative to what's out there at the moment. Okay. And are you doing this as fulfillment by Amazon? Are you guys doing internal fulfillment? What does that look like? Yeah, so we we pretty much do everything that's sold on Amazon is 100% FBA. I wouldn't be able to be a one-man band without it, to be fair. So yeah, yeah we, we do <laughs> everything on Amazon's FBA. And then we have our own, well, we use a, a third-party logistics provider over here in the UK to do any non-Amazon sales, essentially. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. So let's talk through Amazon because not a ton of people who are listening to this are big on Amazon yet. And they haven't really built their brands just purely on Amazon. What has been your growth strategy with Amazon? Are you spending tons of money on pay-per-click? Like what does that look like? How yeah. have you gotten to this point? I think a, a big thing with Amazon is like momentum, I guess. So yeah, we do we do spend a lot on ads now, but it's not always been the case. It is a bit more pay to play now than what it used to be. But I think for us, it's just been constant improvement and building on momentum. So, you know, launching a new product and then looking at what else is out there, all the competitors doing the same kind of thing. How can we be better than those? Uh, what are the little, I guess, new features that Amazon might bring in that we jump on before any of our competitors? I think that the key thing is just constant improvement and just trial and error, essentially. You know, it's, it's been five years of, of trial and error. If you look at our product page for our salmon oil, which is one of our longest products, um, if you looked at the product page of that five years ago, it looked absolutely terrible compared to what it looks like now. So mm. I think 
yeah, always looking for new opportunities in terms of products, but with the ones we have, just improving, you know, constantly and, and, and trying to be the best on Amazon in our niche, I guess. Are you using certain tools to be able to accomplish that, Oliver? Like, do you have some third-party tools that are helping you actually understand, you know, how your listing is performing? Yeah, I guess a bit bit old school, I guess, because when I started probably seven years ago on Amazon and then launched the brand a couple of years into that, there wasn't really, you know, there was kind of, I think Jungle Scout was just about around then, but I've kind of grown up without those. So okay, I don't utilize them loads. We use Helium 10 and I tend to leave that to any, I guess, third parties if we work with them to help us with listings. They they obviously focus them, but in terms of my, my role specifically, I've always focus more on the overall view of the brand and the products and things so yeah we, we we use helium 10 and things like that but me personally i've never been you know i don't dig into that loads it's like a something as well as what i already already do i guess yeah 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 i gotcha so you've been at this for a few years now what's one big mistake that you made that you would try to tell people like don't do this guys i made this mistake do not do this yeah, I guess if I was telling myself, I wouldn't tell myself not to do anything that I've done, if that makes sense. So I wouldn't class Absolutely. anything I've done as, as made, you know, mistakes because you've got to learn from anything that you do. So it's not like it's a mistake. It's just, you know, you improve on what you do. But I guess in the early days of Amazon, it was a lot more Wild West, wasn't it? You're kind of going after other competitors, seeing what you can try and do. And those kind of things that Amazon didn't really care about back then in terms of reviews and, you know, trying to game the system. You, It wasn't necessarily said you can't do it on Amazon at that point. So it's kind of free for all anyone do what you want and then see what works but yeah as soon as amazon kind of got a lot stricter on that we you know we stay away from all that now because it's building a brand you're not looking to try and do one over on someone else it's it's about building yourself up and being the best what you can be so yeah i think i think we've had the odd listing you know taken down on amazon in the early days from things that they wouldn't approve of but yeah i'd stay away from that now 100 i wouldn't dare do anything like that anymore Yeah, 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 absolutely. How do you ensure that you're getting good reviews or getting reviews in general on your products Mm -hmm. on Amazon? Are there any like hacks that are actually like not black hat to Mm -hmm. get more reviews on your products? I think it's pretty hard now, I think, from what Amazon have done. Um, I think it boils down to having a great product and customer service at the end of the day. You can do, you can try and hack it all you want, but, you know, you're going to get found out by customers if you don't have, A, a great product that works and B, look after the customers that you get. So we tend to do a, a very, like, basic, you know, email after each order, just you know trying to find out how, how it went not necessarily like looking for review but just kind of contacting the customer letting us know about the brand and you know getting that that feel of being a small family business based in the uk across i think that that's something that helps with the with the email but yeah i think it comes down to great products and, and customer service Amazon are always going to absolutely down on any hacks. So, you know, they're never going to last forever. It's just so true. Like Amazon or direct consumer, or if you're selling to wholesale, whatever it is, it's like, do you have a good product? Do you serve your customers well? Do they actually like you as a brand? Like those things are like, those are the things you can't really fake and you can't hack Mm -hmm. those things. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Oliver, let's let's talk about that transition now from Amazon over to, to direct to consumer. Which things that you've learned over the years can you take as you start to build up that side of the business? And uh, and then second, I want to talk about unit economics when it comes to mm. Amazon versus direct to consumer. Yeah, it's it's interesting that what what you take from Amazon. I'm I'm not sure because I've never until we actually so we took on investment and they have a whole team who deal with it. So I don't get involved with the DTC side as much. Um, in terms of me trying to take stuff over. I've never been successful on the DTC side, so I can't 
you know, it's hard for me to say, oh yeah, this worked really well on Amazon, then it worked really well on DC because we've never, we've not grown the DC side yet. So I think at the end of the day, it, it's telling the brand story and, and, you know, you don't, Amazon got a, a bit better at doing that, but at the end of the day on Amazon, you're just a, you're a product on Amazon. You're a product. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I think it's so different that it's hard to say that one thing that works on Amazon would work on DTC. Forgot the second part of your question there. So. And then the, the second part of the question is the unit economics, right? Because Amazon, you know, you're going to be spending 10 to 15% on pay-per-click. Most likely mm-hmm. you're going to be spending 20% on FBA, those sorts of like rough numbers. But when you're moving over to direct consumer, you need to keep in mind that like your cost to acquire those customers is yeah. probably going to be more at first. How do your unit economics work? What are you thinking about when it comes to acquiring these customers? Yeah, so Amazon, you're kind of blessed with Amazon because essentially all I've ever considered is, you know, a product is the demand there on Amazon. You know, what what's the unit cost? What's the what's the margin in it? Just take off your FBA fees, that kind of thing, and add, make sure you've got a bit, like you say, for about 10, 15% advertising. And then you kind of forget about the rest. It's, it's just whether you can make profit on a product with those fees involved and then... Yeah take that over to DTC is, you know, it's a completely different mindset. And, and this, you know, I'll hold my hands up. I, I don't fully, you know, know exactly how we're going with this, but it's a learning curve for me at the moment. So it's all about, you know, lifetime value, acquisition cost, and all those things that you just never have to worry about with Amazon. So it's kind of learning all that at the same time as trying to grow on the DTC side is, you know, you know, subscriptions, repeat customers, all that that you you don't really have to worry about on Amazon. Are you, is there a calculation on Amazon of customer lifetime value or do you even think about those customers ever coming back? Is that part of the equation on Amazon? We work with someone who has started to try and bring that in with the data that they pull off. I, I know that in the US, you get a bit more data around the customer than you do in the UK. So it, it might not have come over to the UK yet, but yeah, we've started to look at retention rates, you know, the time between first, second, third order kind of thing on Amazon. It, we, it's a new tool that we've used in the last few months that can pull all that data. Mm. So it's very new for us on Amazon. But in terms of, yeah, DTC, it's, that's the main thing. That's what you got to start with. So it's a bit of a learning curve, to be honest. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Oliver, I got to ask you the question I ask everyone that comes on the podcast. What is your secret to scaling? Well, to be honest, because when, you know, if you go back three years and you ask me, you know, do I think I can get it to where I got it on my own? I probably, you know, I, I wouldn't have said no, but, I, you know, it seems a lot very far in the distance. I think for me, it's just, yeah, it's momentum. It's constant improvement. But I guess it's like, I heard it on a podcast the other day. It was, it was thing about people who are successful they just they're comfortable with being bored if that makes sense so you know no one's going to force you to get up and work all day when you're your own boss so i think it's just being able to continue that momentum through times where you don't feel motivated and you're not you're not up for it and um, always just looking at ways to improve awesome awesome that's great oliver i got three more questions for you here i hope that you are ready yeah sure all right first question favorite tool or app that you're using right now safe so for amazon they're called nozzle nozzle nozzle.ai i think they're based in the uk and that's the one i was talking about just before about giving a bit of insight into the amazon data and in terms of retention rates or that i think it's something that i've never no other tool or anything like that has been able to show me the insight that they give on the data in terms of Mm. e-customers and things with amazon so that that's definitely one that's changed how we look at amazon which is always a good time Awesome. Awesome. Well, we'll make sure to put that one uh, into the show notes. Uh, Oliver, second question for you. Favorite podcast or audiobook that you're listening to right now? I love um, Stephen Bartlett, Diary of a CEO. 
again uk oh based, i don't so know he, that one is, is yeah, that, that's a uk yeah. based one yeah uk based one so he's yeah he's on dragon's den which is like the uk version of shark tank yeah that's what we have yeah. we have dragon's den in canada too okay yeah so yeah, yeah his podcast love that and then uh, probably more for the u.s audience like the how i built this with guy yeah, yeah. I, I used to with guy yeah, Ross, yeah. Well. yeah yeah so stuff like that that's what i listen to just like stories of entrepreneurs i guess Awesome. Awesome. Oliver, one more question for you. If you could sit down with anybody, you get an hour with them, they have to be alive, who would it be? I'd probably have to say Stephen Bartlett just because I listen to him loads. I, I mean, it's a bit of a weird one because one of our investors was his co-founder. So it seems a bit weird to say that. But um, yeah, he... So you probably could sit down with them at some yeah, point. That, yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's a bit weird to say that. But um, yeah, I think just he's probably the person I, I guess consume the most content from. So he'd probably be the one. Cool. That points the obvious kind of Elon Musk and stuff like that. So awesome. I mean, I'm gonna have to listen to that podcast. Oliver, so nice to have you on. Where can people find out more about you, connect with you, and find out more about Pets Purist? Yeah, so Pets Purist, it's petspurist.com, which is P-U-R-E-S-T. And yeah, LinkedIn is kind of the I am kind of off social media, so I don't really do any of it. But yeah, LinkedIn is where I'm starting the journey of trying to kind of be a bit more uh, face of the brand and build that personal brand and all that stuff. So yeah, that's all. Awesome, awesome. For anybody who's listening here, LinkedIn, uh, just an amazing place to connect with other business owners. I've, I've been active on LinkedIn for the last few years. And, and as probably some of you know, who follow me or who are connected, it is just like, it's just almost all of my business connections have come from being connected with people on LinkedIn. So definitely highly, highly recommend. Oliver, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, you too. Hey guys, we hope you really enjoyed today's episode. Can we ask you a favor? Hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode and share this with your e-commerce store owner friends. We also love reviews. So if you could leave us one on Apple Podcasts, that would mean so much to us. Just a reminder from the beginning of the episode, our team at Mindful Marketing is rapidly growing and we have room for one new brand a month that's looking to grow. Now, before you apply, please note that we're only looking for businesses that are ready to scale and have the capacity and the inventory for a large influx of orders. This opportunity is only available to brands that have had at least one year of sales history and are ready for explosive growth. If this sounds like you, go to mindfulmarketing.co slash apply and start the process today. I hope you guys have a great week.